Welcome to Believe, the Conspiracy Theory Podcast. I'm Phil Green. And I'm David Ferguson. And this is a podcast all about the world's craziest conspiracy theories. Or not so crazy. Well, exactly, because you are very much a believer. I believe. And I am very much a cynic. And in each of these episodes, we bring on a comedian friend to choose the conspiracy theory they want to talk about the most. It might be a conspiracy theory they believe in. It might be a conspiracy theory they don't believe in. Or it might be a conspiracy theory they think is the most ridiculous thing they've ever heard. But we bring them on. We talk about it. We try to prove it or debunk it. Or, as we know nothing, probably neither. We are only comedians. We are only comedians. That is the limit of our ability. And sometimes, not even that. <laughs> uh, now, we keep forgetting to plug our social media channels so uh, we have social media channels now if you go to instagram or tiktok or youtube we are at believe conspiracy podcast please give us a like and a follow and if you do that it also we also alert you when the new episodes get dropped and also i keep forgetting to promote my tour which i need to do i am on tour with my 2023 edinburgh show for weddings and a breakdown it's a great uh, show thank you very much i've done the first couple of dates i'm also going to southampton sudbury bristol brighton glasgow liverpool sheffield and port and i've just added peterborough to the list as well so if you go on to our social media channels or indeed my website philgreencomedy.com you can find tickets there we should also give a big shout out to our tech today which is the wonderful george yay and our guest today is the wonderful the fantastic the totally crazy sally ann fellows sally ann fellows a wonderful comedian uh sally ann recently won the leicester square comedian of the year award yeah really wonderful she is uh, she was fantastic in that final she's also won the new forest comedian of the year uh, she has a fantastic debut solo show which you've been to see called salient salient fantastic she's, weird she's a wonderful comedian she's very very unique very very quirky and we are very excited about having her on and actually when we started this podcast when we thought about who an ideal guest would be it would be Sally Ann Fellows. She is absolutely perfect. <laughs> this. She's got some completely batshit crazy stories that we are going to delve into. And the conspiracy theory that Sally Ann has chosen is... Time slips are real. Time slips are real. We're recording this to go out on the 29th of February. Ooh, the date that doesn't exist. Let's bring her on. Sally Ann Fellows! Get out of the rabbit hole. It's a fake. Every single bird in the sky is a robot. It's fiction. Doubt your government. <laughs> It's an urban legend. Stream of absurd. It's a total fabrication. Welcome to the podcast, Sally Ann Fellows! Yay! We love Sally Ann Fellows. Thank you. Uh, when we started this podcast and we were thinking about who's the target audience, you are the target audience basically <laughs> yes. for this podcast. <laughs> Uh, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, heard you got locked in a loo recently? Yeah, got locked in the loo in Two North Dam, uh-huh. which is a lovely venue, but I went to see Miles Jupp's show. Oh, yeah. And oh, you weren't even performing? Um, I wasn't performing, yeah. luckily, because yeah. I wouldn't have made it to the stage. Yeah, yeah. And um, I Sally? thought, yeah, where is she? And I thought, I, I can't open this door, and the show's about to start. And I thought, imagine the humiliation of Miles Jupp going, would you like me to open the door? I'd be like, yes, I do. But actually, a member of staff got me out. Yeah. And then I watched to see who else got locked in the toilet. Nobody else. Nobody else. But being rescued by Miles Jupp would be a hell of a story. (laughs) It would, but he probably wouldn't tell it. Would he? No, but it's your story to tell. It's my story It's your truth. It's mine. It's your truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We were just talking about... um, Barbie, because with the on the day we're filming this, the Oscar nominations have well, have just come out. Um, we love Barbie. We love Oppenheimer. You love Barbie, but you don't love Oppenheimer. 
I don't love Oppenheimer. Okay. I, I can't even say the word Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> what, how does that's not a real word, is it? It's not normal. No. And um, I did leave after an hour. You left? I left. It was so boring. I thought, say different words, tell a different story, <laughs> cause an explosion, do something. But I can't. I've eaten my popcorn. I'm going. Okay. So See, when? I, I, I loved it. I love Tenant as well. And people hated Tenant. I, I just like Nolan. Yeah. I, I do. Okay. I think he's great. In fairness, if you wanted explosions and you went to see Oppenheimer, you would hope there would be an explosion. You'd think there would be, but yeah. apparently it's not till the end. No. It's, Three hours is a long time. And even then, it's not like the main explosion either. No. No. Yeah. No. It's just a small explosion. But, but I, like, I like the sequel. I like the sequel to Oppenheimer. What's that? Godzilla minus one. Wreck <laughs> <laughs> no. sequel. Uh, Have you seen Godzilla minus one? No. Is that when Godzilla doesn't exist anymore? Well, no, well, no, it's just, it was, I, I loved it and uh, I came out and I was, I cried and everything. And then I was speaking to someone else who saw it and I went, oh, I thought it was just like a sci-fi version of Dad's Army. And I went, oh, okay, because I had an emotional epiphany watching it. Um, did you get, did you cry during Godzilla Minus One? Cry? Cry. I was in a, I, it was in oh a state. Oh my God. Uh, there were, and I don't want to give anything away, but there were three moments where Tears flooded from my face. Wow. And, um, that definitely would not have happened in the 1998 version. Oh, good God. Well, no. we well, might have cry about that for different reasons. Reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The soundtrack to 1998 version is for me, isn't there? Yeah, Jamiroquai. Oh, my God. Great soundtrack. I want to know what the similarity with Dad's Army is. How does well, that it's, work? It's, it's just all the little civilian guys getting together to fight a war. And uh, I was like, but they're getting over war. And, it's a and, and the person I was talking to thought it was very pro-war, the film. Whereas I think it's a it's an anti-war, anti-government film. So it was very interesting with very different yeah. reviews. But also Godzilla just looks so good. Like, yeah. oh, even, even when he was killing people, I was like, yeah, they deserve it. You know, like, good-looking Godzilla. Oh, be oh, so beautiful, so much fun. Like, I really loved it. I can't wait to go and see it again. Yeah. So, Salian, uh, conspiracy theories. Yes. Now, normally, I say to a guest, "How do you feel about conspiracy theories?" Uh, we already know <laughs> you love conspiracy theories. <laughs> I love conspiracy theories, but I would say what I am is a fascinated skeptic. Okay. So I am a skeptic, but I have to delve into everything first before I can get all the information. And also, some weird things have happened to me. So, yes. What what weird things have happened to you? Um. So, for instance, when I was in Malta on holiday. Um, I wasn't drunk or anything. I, I was at other occasions, but on this particular occasion, I just walked through this square and I went, oh, they, they must be making a film because everything changed. All the vehicles were like Second World War. All the people were in costume. And I turned to my partner and I, and I went to go, oh, look, they're making a film. And he wasn't there. And it was a matter of seconds and then it changed again. And then I was going, you'll never guess what just happened. And he went, right. And I thought, oh, okay. How long were you out for, like, for as far as he was concerned? Pro well, I, I think he hadn't noticed. Okay. I think he just noticed that I wasn't talking because I talk all the time, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> so well, it was probably, like. yeah, it was probably a matter of seconds, that's all. So, so yeah. you think that you have experienced a time slip? I think maybe, mm. yeah. I don't know. That I'm not sure. Size. That is that you're the first person to have actually experienced the conspiracy. That's awesome. Yeah. That's very exciting. Uh, so we are covering time slips. That's the conspiracy theory that you've chosen. Um, so 
for everyone's benefit, I know you know this already, but time slips refer to reported instances where individuals or groups claim to have experienced a temporary displacement in time. During these episodes, people may find themselves seemingly transported to a different era or time period, often without any apparent explanation. These experiences are typically described as brief and unexpected, with individuals feeling as though they have briefly stepped into the past or the future. Time slips are largely anecdotal and fall within the realm of paranormal or unexplained phenomena. There is no scientific evidence supporting the existence of time slips and they are often attributed to psychological factors such as altered states of consciousness or vivid imagination. Time slips have been popularised in literature, science fiction and paranormal discussions with various stories and accounts circulating over the years. Some people attribute these experiences to the concept of time travel, whereas others view them as more mysterious and unexplained occurrences. While they make for intriguing stories, the scientific community generally approaches the topic with scepticism emphasizing the lack of empirical evidence for the existence of time slips so before that happened to you did you did you have some belief in it beforehand well i i was aware that it was a thing but i i didn't really believe it or not believe it i was pretty much on the fence but i had read about things like that but i didn't expect that to happen it was i mean who knows if that was my imagination but everything was very vivid like they really were and the whole world there. around you, everything Everything, changed. there were flags at the front of the building. Um, it was just completely different. They were, they were all wearing green, khaki. My, my own clothing changed just what were you really wearing? briefly. Um, like an army type skirt, like a, a dark green, really rough material. It was a matter of seconds and then it went again. And I was just like that, you know, just amazed but i can't explain that but i don't i can't say that that was time travel because i don't know but but it was pretty cool so do you think you think it was a war yeah it it was second world war uniform i know what that looks like from photographs of like relatives and things like that people in uniform yeah and has it happened any other time it happened to me um once when i was a nurse in a hospital similar sort of thing happened my clothing changed and you're going to think that I'm like unbalanced now but my we <laughs> thought the comedians were all <laughs> unbalanced it's fine I know, Don't that's why I you're know. here Sally yes. it's concerning isn't it but um there was a huge dome over my head that wasn't there before made of glass and everything changed really 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 quickly the beds and my my own, I was wearing a big skirt and I wasn't wearing a big skirt, I was wearing normal nurse's uniform and then it changed again and I was thinking maybe I didn't get enough sleep or, you know, something like that. Yeah. I don't know what that was. Did you then, Did you, when, so when you had those experiences, did you then go home and Google this stuff? As in, did you try no, to find it? No, because about? it was a really long time ago okay. and sort of Google would have been in its infancy okay. and before I could afford a, a laptop. That yeah, was yeah. for people that were successful and right. had more money than me. <laughs> I, I don't want to derail anything because yeah. we're talking about time slips, but are you aware of the phenomenon of psychometry? No. no okay, so psychometry, and that's what I think you're experiencing. Just um, So psychometry is the ability to read the history of an object. So you can hold a stone and, uh, and you're able to visualize what that stone went through. Um, so, uh, but it can also happen in locations and whatever. Um, I have an uncle that saw a massacre in uh, Scotland 
and wow. uh, and he freaked out, and it turned out it was it was historically something that had happened like 500 years before. Um, some Highland soldiers uh, killed some other soldiers. He thinks they're British soldiers or English soldiers, but he's not clear because um, he said it was crazy. Um, and he went, oh, uh, someone must have slipped something in his drink, and that's his explanation for it but psychometry is the ability to read the history of an object so he didn't go to the place physically no he did he was in scotland he was it was you know you know no, what i mean like he was seeing what happened in the past rather than like you were you would yes yeah, yes sally had, had a very physical into, experience yeah yeah, yeah. okay uh, which it was more of a time so he thought he, he had something dodgy put in his drink um but the 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 the, the experience that you've had um uh where you were momentarily there, I think it was just you reading the history, psychometry. No. But I, I, I feel like I've derailed the whole thing. No, 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 no. There we go. It's time slip solved. It's no. psychic oh, abilities. Yep. Um, so, so, causes of time slips, there's a number of uh, proposed causes of time slips. One is temporal anomalies. Some suggest that certain locations might have temporal anomalies or rifts that cause time slips. So, maybe where that happened to you in Malta. Mm-hmm. There's a that might be common if we if we Google that now it might be that other people have had the similar experience. I mean, there. the history in Malta is really really interesting. There's uh, uh, unknown his there's unknown artifacts in Malta that don't correspond to any cultures that have been there. So there's there's um, there's lines that look like they could be for trains, but they're like thousands of years old, oh, and they yeah. don't know what that's for. Malta's a bit bit odd. Like um, Malta also has underground. I'm so uh, going to stuff. Malta now. Yeah, yeah. Malta's. Yeah, I'm I'm going again. Yeah. Um, in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. For only for yeah. three days, but. Yeah. Just yeah. I want to see if it happens again. Wouldn't that or, be amazing? Oh, you have to come back and tell us if I, it happens I again. I will. I will. And whether it's the same year. This is fascinating stuff, yeah. isn't it? Uh, parallel universes. This is the idea that individuals might temporarily, temporarily cross over into a parallel universe where time flows differently. So I don't think that's necessarily what you, you've experienced. Psychological factors. Some researchers propose that time slips are related to psychological factors such as altered states of consciousness, temporal lobe epilepsy, or other cognitive phenomena that can create a sense of time distortion. Misperception. Uh, people may misinterpret or misremember their experiences, leading, to them, leading them to believe in a time slip. Memory is not always reliable, and the brain can sometimes create forced memories. But you felt immediately it's not like you reflected yeah. back on that it was immediately at oh, it that was time. there and then yeah instant and yeah. i just thought oh suddenly all these extras have appeared and then i looked at myself and i thought hang on a minute this is it was because i was taking a step and my i had jeans on and i yeah. couldn't take a big step and i looked down and i had a skirt on but it was really quick, really quick. Just, so the weird. fact that you thought we were walking onto a movie set. I mean, it yeah, wasn't you going? Oh, it wasn't you putting a supernatural or, or outrageous explanation. No, you no. actually went for the most common thing. You know, and yeah, just assumed. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, that's yeah. the, one of the consistencies, and we, we'll go into them. But but some of the consistencies are. And you uh, believe as well? You never look like this ever. No, it's okay. It's not that I believe, but but it's but it's that the of all the cases of these, in mo- in a lot of them. That, that exact line is is consistent that people think they stepped into a movie set oh is that right yeah they feel like they've they've accidentally wandered even even with the most famous one which we're going to go into they this was pre-movies really but they thought they'd walked into some kind of enactment or kind of historical oh, okay. enactment thing so it so that's a very consistent thing because yeah. that must be the brain explaining otherwise how else could you rationally yes. explain it do you know what I mean yes like the way people see Jesus in the toast isn't yeah. it it's like yeah. oh look there's Jesus but that is how Just Jesus toast. turns yeah. out yeah he does live in toast he does live in yeah. toast he's the bread of life yeah, yeah. 
There we yeah. go. Not wholemeal, though. No. Uh, no, that's wrong. Uh, sensory deprivation. Extreme conditions like sensory deprivation or isolation may alter one's perception of time. For example, spreading an extended period in a featureless environment might make time seem to pass more slowly. Uh, and the last one is cultural influences, cultural beliefs and stories about time slips that may influence people's interpretations of their experiences. Cultural factors can play in a significant role in shaping how individuals understand and describe unusual phenomena. That's quite a difficult one to know whether you've experienced that because you, like you said, you immediately knew you were in a Second World War uniform or you knew that other people were in a Second World War uniform. Yeah. You were yeah. able to instantly recognise that, which means you must have, through films and TV mm. programmes and books and everything else, that that's information that's in your head to be able to paint that picture, even if it's yeah. whether it's yeah. real or not. Do you know what I mean? Um, so we can never because we can never separate what we already know from what actually happened. Exactly, because right? that's in there. It's yeah. in, isn't it? I mean, have, uh, because I've I've experienced hallucinations in my life, and um, have you ever experienced hallucinations? No, I wouldn't. Well, I don't. I don't know. I've seen things that I don't know if they're hallucinations. Or not, so I don't well, know. Okay. Well, I, I so know. when I was very much younger, it, it stopped when I was uh, got to about 10, but I could see like fairies and shit. <laughs> ah, very cool. Uh, uh but, but could but, they see you? But well, you know, I am a fairy, but uh, <laughs> but uh, when I was, I was very young, I got um, uh, I had night terrors, and um, uh, one day I was in school and there was a BBC TV program, it was an adaptation of the Triffids. And I've never been more scared of anything in my life. I recently watched the DVD of the Triffids, the BBC mm. show. Oh, that's a great film. And, and, and faced it head on. And uh, I, I was like, my, my seven-year-old self was just crying, screaming inside me. Like, I'm going to watch this. It's fine. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. But when I, the reason I'm mentioning this uh, about hallucinations, I was in class doing a quiz or a test that kids do. And a Triffid came into the room. <gasps> I, like wow. eight foot tall. And I was like, could were you on any kind of medication at the time? No, okay. I, later in life I was, but not at, not not then. Uh, and I remember just being very very still, going, "This is not real." And it soared, it, it faded away. But that, but, but you've got those preloaded in yeah, your head. Yeah, the v vision of the Triffids. Yeah. So you you don't believe that happened? No, no, no. It? But it, what I'm saying is, it was very 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 real. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's, how, how do I come? I sound like the cynic here, but I'm just saying like hallucinations. The, the reason that I mention it is. Um, you didn't have an hallucination, you had an experience. And hallucination is a, di is a different thing. Well, I don't know if that was a hallucination because I can't, I can't really say. Uh, it's difficult it to know. That's a pattern. It's happened twice. But I mean, I mean, some people, maybe it happens lots of times too. I don't really know. Some people I mean, have to build a DeLorean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. I want to go in that car. Uh, I think we all do. Me too. Yeah. Mm. Um, so the most famous, there's a number of famous uh, cases of time slips or reported uh, time slips. The most, probably the most well-known is one called the Morbley Jourdain incident, uh, which happened in Versailles uh, in 1901. So Charlotte Anne Morbley and uh, Eleanor uh, Jourdain claimed to have experienced a time slip at the Palace of Versailles in 1901. In 1911, Morbley and Jourdain, uh, Jourdain published a book entitled An Adventure uh, Under the Names of Elizabeth Morrison and Francis Lamont. Their book describes a visit they made to Petit Trianon, I'm going to go with that. A small chateau in the grounds of the Palace of Versailles, where they claimed to have seen the gardens as they had been in the late 18th century, as well as ghosts, including Marie Antoinette and others. Their story caused a sensation and was subject to much ridicule. You know about this because you yes. sent me the details of this yeah, one. Yeah, I do, yeah. Uh, you find 
this one fascinating, right? I find it fascinating because it's before social media yeah. and movies and stuff. And I first read about it in a really ancient Reader's Digest. You know, back in the day, you yeah. could get Reader's Digest in the doctor's surgery. Yeah. And um, and I was a kid. That's how long ago it was because <laughs> I was born in the Victorian times. <laughs> and um, basically, this story was the in, time slips. It was a time <laughs> slip. Exactly. She's a ghost. <laughs> I am a ghost. I'm, I'm not real. Um, you're you're not going back there. You're coming. Forward. <laughs> I'm coming forward. Yeah. I have a TARDIS outside. Yeah. Now that's something I would like to go in. But anyway. Do you think she just comes forward, wins a comedy competition, and goes back? Oh, yeah, pre stand up yeah, days. That's yeah. what I do. That's, that is what I do. Well, great. Yeah. I, I'm not real. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I did. I did. I, I read the article in yeah. um, the Reader's Digest, and I was fascinated by that. And I was really young, and then I sort of forgot about it, and then um, remembered again. Every so often, I remembered again. Mm. So maybe that has influenced how I, how I saw that thing in Malta, and how that thing happened to me when I when I was a nurse. But I I don't know. I can't say because memories are are in there, aren't they? And yeah, if they influence what you see. But to I be so, know, for it to be so vivid, because that's because it's a completely different environment, a completely different uh, time that yeah. you visited compared to this one. Yes. So even if you did have that story in your head, you still had to create something completely different. Like, it's not like you've taken this information and painted the same picture. It's a different sure. picture. Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. So and the um, the actual uh, transcript of that is in the Bodleian Library in, um, in Oxford. And um, because I'm a massive nerd, I've seen it. So because... Well, the original? Like, yeah. Oh, wow. it's, yeah, it's in a reference library mm. in the Bodleian Library. But... Um, but yeah, so I I don't have any friends. Neither <laughs> <laughs> do we. That's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> this is our guys. social life. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he pits up with me. Conspiracy <laughs> theories are our friend. Exactly. Um, so they collected, uh, they, they recollected traveling with a guidebook, but they said they became lost and entered a lane where they bypassed their destination. Morbidly reported that she noticed a woman shaking a white cloth out of a window while Jordain recalled noticing an old deserted farmhouse outside of which was an old plow. At this point, they described feeling uh, a feeling of oppression and dreariness coming over them. After which, men who thought who they thought looked like palace gardeners told them to go straight on. Morbley described the men as very dignified officials, dressed in long greyish green coats with uh, uh, small three-cornered hats. Jordan recalled that she noticed a cottage with a woman holding out a jug to a girl in the doorway, describing it as a living picture, much like Madame Tussauds waxworks. Morbley did not observe the cottage, but remembered that she felt the atmosphere change. She wrote, suddenly everything looks unnatural, therefore unpleasant. Even the trees seemed to become flat and lifeless, like wood, uh, like wood worked in tapestry. There were no effects of light and shade, and no wind stirred the trees. They reported reaching the edge of a wood, uh, close to and coming across a man seated behind a garden kiosk wearing a cloak and a large shady hat. According to Morbley, his appearance was most repulsive, his expression odious, his complexion was dark and rough. Uh, Jordan noted the man uh, turned his face and was marked, marked by smallpox. His complexion was very dark, the expression was evil and yet unseeing. And although I did not feel like uh, that he was looking particularly at us, I felt a repugnance uh, to going past him. Uh, they said that another man whom they described as tall with dark eyes and crisp curling black hair under a large sombrero hat came to them and showed them the way to Petit Trianon. Yeah, wow. It's very detailed. It's very detailed. And what's unusual, I think, from what I know about these sort of things, is um, they both saw similar things, whereas usually 
one person will see it and the other person not. Mm. So, But then if they both saw the same thing and had exactly the same accounts, that in itself might raise suspicion because we don't all have the same accounts of the same thing, yeah. right? Yeah, that's so true. The fact Because there are variances in yeah. their stories. Like One of them says that they saw Marie Antoinette and the other one doesn't. So that, if anything, almost makes it more conceivable. Yeah. But maybe that was their intention to say, well, if we've got the same story, people won't believe us. But you're right. Pre That's pretty sophisticated, though. Yeah, like, it would be. Mm. And, uh, particularly for the time. We're talking about yeah. 1911. Before yeah, and they're women? Like, you know. Yeah, and they were teachers. But, yeah. um, but that was unusual for the time for two women to travel together yeah. like that. Ooh. Maybe well, she was from my gang. There, there are <laughs> rooms that she was. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, we will, uh, we'll go on to that. Uh, Morbidly said that she noticed a lady sketching on the grass who looked at them after they crossed a bridge to reach the gardens in front of the palace. She later described the lady as wearing a light summer dress and a shady white hat with much f- uh, fair hair. Morbidly reported that she thought she was a tourist at first, but the dress appeared to be old-fashioned. Morbidly came to believe that the lady was Marie Antoinette. Jourdain, however, did not see the lady. At the return to the palace, they reported that they were directed around to the entrance and joined a party of other visitors. They said that after they toured the house, they had a tea at the Hotel de Reservoir uh, before returning to Jourdain's apartment. Mm. So they met Marie Antoinette. Well, they saw, one of them saw Marie Antoinette. Drawing. Yeah. yeah. But then if you're in the home of Marie Antoinette or the gardens of the home of Marie Antoinette, yeah. wouldn't you see her? Yeah. It's, it's like when people go to castles and they say, oh, I saw the ghost of Anne Boleyn with her head under her arm. Mm. And you think, well, okay, but she didn't live in that castle. Yeah. So... You're you're creating something maybe in your head that's. I did see her at the London the, Dungeon. Did you see her? Yeah, that's where she is now. Did she have her head under her yeah, arm? Yeah, head under her arm. Did she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wink at you. A little bit, yeah. Did she? Yeah, mm, lucky. And I thought, well, I did think, is this just me or is this everyone? But yeah, you want to believe that we've got that connection, don't you? <laughs> you've got to believe it. Yeah, yeah, mm. you've got to believe it. Mm. Yeah. Um, according to Jordan and Morbley, uh, neither woman mentioned the incident to one another until a week after leaving Versailles when Morbley, in a letter to her sister uh, about the trip, started writing about the afternoon in the Versailles incident. She reported that Jordan, she, she reported, asked Jordan if she thought that the Petit Trianon was haunted uh, and Jordan uh, told her she thought it was. Three months later in Oxford, the pair said they compared their notes and decided to write separate accounts of what happened whilst also researching the history of uh, the Trianon. Uh, they thought they might have seen events that took place on the 10th of August 1792 only six weeks before the abolition of the French monarchy uh, when the Tuileries I'm going to pronounce that wrong palace in in Paris was besieged uh, and the king's Swiss guards were massacred it's very again very specific in terms of time the thing with this and going to on the cynical side of this yeah like you said two teachers two writers yep decide to yep. write a book even back then, writing a book—I mean, I know they—they they—they they put they didn't use their real names, mm. but writing a book does make you money. Um, mm. So it's difficult to know whether or not they did this for any level of recognition, or they genuinely believed it. But you've seen it. Um, well, I've seen something. I yeah. don't know exactly 
what that was, but I've seen something. But don't you think it's weird that they didn't talk to each other, apparently, about the incident? Like, as soon as that weird thing happened to me in Malta, I was going to my partner, whoa, did you see all those cars? And, and did you see... And he just didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah, but in fairness, you're a comedian, Salian, so... I know, yeah. yeah. See, that's Anything fatal, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Anything I say is just about, oh, there she goes again. <laughs> like getting locked in the loo. Oh, Most people locked go, in the loo, yeah. yeah. Thing you said when you oh. came in, got locked in the loo last night. I don't go in a toilet now. I just go in a garden. <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs> I haven't got a garden. <laughs> that's a Victorian thing. Yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, um, according, to the na- according to their narrative, they visited the Trianon Gardens again on several occasions, but were unable to trace the path they took. Various landmarks, such as the kiosk and the bridge, were missing, and the grounds were full of people. Trying to come up with an explanation, they wondered if they had stumbled across a private party or an event booked that day. Mm. However, they found nothing that had been booked that afternoon. Through their research, they thought they recognised the man they reportedly saw by the kiosk as Comte de uh, Vaudreuil. I'm going to pronounce all this wrong, so I apologise to any French people. Uh, a friend of Marie Antoinette, who herself who herself uh, mobily had claimed to see. Convinced that the grounds were haunted, they decided to publish their story. The book containing the claim that Marie Antoinette had been encountered in 1901 caused a sensation. However, many critics did not take it seriously on the grounds of the implausibilities and inconsistencies that it contained. A review of the book suggested that the women had misinterpreted normal events that they had experienced. Uh, in 1903, an old map of Trianon Gardens was found and showed a bridge that the two women had claimed to have crossed that had not been on any other map. The identity of the authors of Unadventure was not made public until 1931. That, I find, the most interesting thing about yeah, the story. Yeah, that is interesting. Because how would you know? Well, you wouldn't, would you? Yeah, exactly. Unless you had some knowledge of the grounds that you worked there or something. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to describe exactly where it was, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I won't bring up a different a different example because it'll make, confuse the issue. But there is, but there is one that I can think of no, where do. there is. Oh, yeah, yeah, is it is it yeah, cool? Pick it up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I think you're probably aware of the the situation in 19th of October 1957. Some air cadets were walking near a village called Kersey, which is near Ipswich, and they crossed the fields and they were going into Kersey itself, which is a tiny little sleepy village. I went there to investigate because I am autistic. Um, But yeah, so of course I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I have no friends. But basically (laughs) what happened to them is the whole place was deserted and they looked at the church and for some reason the steeple wasn't there. And that's why they thought, oh, this is weird. And it had been there before of the church. And they walked through the village centre and they saw this deserted butchers with a carcass of meat, sorry, vegetarians, gross, um, hanging and rotting. And the whole place had an eeriness of bleak, I don't know what, bad. And um, they found out later that the steeple had been taken down for repairs in the 1600s and maybe it was something to do with plague and that everyone had left or died. Um, But they found out that the the date, the steeple had been taken down in that time. And all three of them? I think there were four actually. I think the four guys, they all saw exactly the same thing, which is really unusual. Um, unless you attribute it to some kind of hysteria or drug use or something, but they hadn't done that. They were pretty, um, just little 
15 well, they year like old scouts guys. or something like that or, or um from from because i read a little bit about that but but yeah they did seem pretty straight laced yeah so. straight laced guys um just out for a walk at rambling whatever um so that's weird isn't it so yeah kersey you can go there and see nothing which is what <laughs> i did <laughs> but it's very nice you know that feeling of eeriness and yeah. dreariness that, that that they talk about here and obviously these these four lads talked about did you feel that before the incident in Malta or the incident when you were nursing? No, it not just at all. Happened. It just it just happened and then it went away again. Okay. And I I just wondered if there was something wrong with me. I mean, maybe there is. <laughs> I know you're laughing. You probably think I that's true. But if there was like if there was something wrong with you, it would it would have happened again. It would happen more yeah, frequently. Yeah, true. Yeah. Like it's um, you know, because these things do happen. Like there is mental health issues and what have you. Yeah, but, of course. Um, that doesn't. That's not what you're describing. And right. also, you weren't distressed. Not that no, that's always no, not a, at all. No, um, uh, a reason to, to say it's not mental health, but um, I found it very interesting that that it happened to you, and you, it was just a moment, like someone turned a switch and then turned it off again. Yeah, literally just that. Literally just watching a movie, being part of a movie, yeah, and then not being part of a movie. Yeah, so, like you were in a musical. Yeah, where everyone oh, dances. Imagine, imagine if you stepped into a musical <sighs> version of the 1940s. That'd be oh, amazing. Oh, I would I? love that. Yeah. What uh, musical is about the 1940s? Sound of Music. That's, oh, yeah. Oh, we should put it on. <laughs> we should do a comedian's conspiracy theory. Yeah. Sound of Music. Oh, yeah. How cool would that be? Oh, oh, That'll be our live oh, show. Oh, seriously. Absolutely. <laughs> you are 16 going on 17. <laughs> I, I know. It's the foundation. Yeah. Uh, both women claimed many paranormal experiences before and after their adventure. One of them, Morbley, claimed to have been uh, a, a, claimed to have seen in the Louvre in 1914 an apparition of a Roman emperor, the Roman emperor Constantine, a man of unusual height, wearing a gold crown and a toga. He was not observed by anyone else during the First World War. Jourdain became convinced that a German spy was hiding in the college. After developing increasingly. Uh, autocratic behavior she died suddenly in 1924 and the middle uh, in the middle of an academic scandal over the leadership of her college her conduct having provoked mass resignations of academic staff uh morbidly died in 1937 it's hard to know if this is a historical count of these women have gone a bit nuts and a man's yeah, writing this yeah. or they actually did they had psychological problems yeah you know what i mean it's yeah very the, much so yeah um but I wonder if an experience like that, where you write a book, it gets published, and you are widely discredited, mm. when you are, you know, a, a professional, yeah. is quite a harrowing experience, I imagine. Yeah. yeah. Rid ridicule is something to be afraid of. Yeah. You know? Prince Charming. Prince Charming. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually exactly. you know, the, the lesson of that song. It's not true. Um, yeah. To be ridiculed and be hung, hung out to dry, mm. you know, um, it can be it can be really hard. But maybe they were just mental. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's the thing. They, they may just you know. be mental. Yeah. Um, so explanations. Uh, a non-supernatural uh, explanation of events was proposed by Philippe Julian in his 1965 biography of the uh, aristocratic, decadent French poet Robert de uh, Montesquieu. Have you read that? 
Mm-mm. Okay, well, let me tell you about it. At the time of uh, Mobley and Jordan's excursion to Versailles, Montesquieu lived nearby and reportedly gave parties in the grounds where his friends dressed in period costume and performed tableau vivants uh, as part of the party entertainment. See, I can do French. Uh, Mobley and Jordan have, uh, may have inadvertently gatecrashed a gay fancy dress party that they confused for a haunting. The Marie Antoinette figure uh, could have been a society lady or cross-dresser. Uh, the pock-marked man, uh, Montesquieu, himself uh, and it was suggested that a gathering of the French decadent avant-garde of the time could have made a sinister impression on the two middle-class Edwardian spinsters who would have been little used to such company. In a review of the history of the Morbleu Jordan adventure in uh, the extensive public reaction to it, Terry Castle noted with scepticism the claim that uh, a shared delusion may have arisen out of a lesbian folie à deux between the two women. Yeah. There you go. Because uh, they're lesbians. They were lesbians. Yeah. Of course, yeah, that's they, were, of course they were. Of course they were. You know what they say about lesbians? <laughs> Never trust them. <laughs> Castle <laughs> concludes that when all proposed explanations have been considered, a core of mystery remains as much in relation to the psychological drama, uh, dynamics of the pair as to any aspects of paranormal associated with the history. I don't know if it matters if they're in a relationship. No. Because they're still not giving the same account. No, and like, also there's, there's two things I want to I, I actually want to refute there. They said about the the it was the guy running the party. Mm. Uh, that was the guy that's pockmarked. Well, if you've if you've survived smallpox, you, it's it's a very very serious thing. Like you, you, you it's not like bad acne or, or chickenpox. Oh, it's really it's, bad. It's, it's yeah. horrific. So like yeah. that's a, that's a different thing. Uh, I'll, uh, and also no accounting for the bridge. Yeah, the the bri- this is the thing, right? I read all of this, obviously. And the bridge thing is the thing I can't get over. Yeah. Hey. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Ah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't, did even, didn't even mean that. Um, psychologist Leonard Zuntz uh, suggested that it was hallucin- it was a hallucinatory experience uh, embellished over time by the two women finding out more about the history of the palace. It's interesting that it's mostly men discrediting us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brian Dunning of Skeptoid concluded that Morbley and Jordan were simply human and they were mistaken. Uh, he notes that editions of an adventure were embellished each time they were published and inconsistencies in their memories were apparent. For example, in the second edition, the pair wrote that Morbley did not mention the sketching woman to Jordan until three months after their visit to Versailles uh, and Jordan did not remember such a thing. In contrast, Morbley did not remember much of what Jordan described. It was only after much discussion Note sharing and historical research that Morbley and Jordan came up with a time period as 1789 and assigned identities to a few of the characters they saw, including Marie Antoinette herself and the lady sketching on the lawn. As Morbley and Jordan admitted they had been lost on the vast grounds of Versailles, Darling notes that their descriptions of footbridges and kiosks could fit any number of existing structures. The, the thing is, it doesn't really matter if the characters were Marie Antoinette. Yeah, it I mean, really how, would you, how would you no. know? They just saw no. a woman and... Yes, you've got that displacement in your brain. You've got that knowledge of I'm in the the palace of Versailles. That therefore it probably yeah, is. Yeah, therefore it's probably that's, that's your yeah. brain making sense of what you're seeing. But if you didn't see anything, you surely wouldn't just go and write a book about it. And not at that time. And like we said, as two women, I wouldn't have thought so unless you were like Barbara Cartland. <laughs> so, and also there, there is a tradition of of writing stories uh, as if they really happened. And the works of fiction like um, uh, Robinson Crusoe mm-hmm. and um, yeah. Gulliver's Travels was a, was a travel documentary originally, um, unless I'm very much mistaken. Was uh, it? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was meant to be. Uh, I mean, it was it was fiction, but it was like it really happened. Wink, wink. 
you know, I know it's still, I mean, Gulliver's Travels survived to this day. So those tiny people are real. I thought they were. <laughs> oh, my. That's no way to talk about Phil. Hey. hey. Oh, that's so That's one for the YouTube viewers. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, so this sorry. story, we'll move on to a couple of others here, but um, do you, 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 you know this story very well. Do you believe them? I think I do, but it's really hard to say, isn't it? Because all I've got is something to read that they have said. But mm. the, the bridge thing kind of sways it for me, mm-hmm. you know, it, it really does. And um I don't. I don't know that they would want to um, publish something like that for the money because it would discredit them massively, and they yeah. wouldn't get any work That's as a teacher. A thing. As women, it's so difficult to to um, have a professional career back then. I, I don't think they would have done that. Just, was uh, the juice worth the squeeze? They must yeah. have thought when they're writing this, this is a bit batshit. They must. They must have fully believed in what they'd seen. Because yeah, why would you so. risk anything that discredits? You? Like you're right, an, an actual career at yeah. that time as two women. Yeah. I mean, clearly, one of them didn't have a great time afterwards. No. So no, I feel quite sorry for her. I feel sorry for her too. Like, Although we don't know on the internet, so she might be filling the books. Yeah. Yeah. Might she might have had. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, so there's some quite a few other cases. Uh, so a time-traveling urban couple in London in the 1950s. A couple in the 1950s claimed to have stepped into the past while walking in the vicinity of the British Museum in London. Yeah. They reported seeing a busy street uh, from the 19th century before suddenly returning to the present. They could just have been in the British Museum. Yeah, where everything's old in there, exactly. isn't it? <laughs> I, I I walk I walk around there quite a, quite a bit because it, I just, yeah. it's kind of exciting and yeah it's a nice um, area it really really is yeah. and because uh, I, I walk there to go from central London to King's Cross so I oh, walk right. around yeah so I'm getting my steps in mm-hmm. yeah. and um that's what I what's what I do I'm only at fourteen thousand steps right now Whoa. oh that's low that's low today that's um, not low yeah no I'm twenty's been my average this year no way yeah. that's yeah. good. Yeah, get up in the morning, go for a walk, come back, have coffee, go for another walk. Yeah. You must have really hard feet. like. Um, like <laughs> I've got hooves. Um, yeah, hooves. <laughs> I was trying to think, what's the guy called? Pan, who lives in the wardrobe. Pan, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. 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 No, I don't live in a wardrobe anymore. I came out years ago. Hey! Hey! You know that. Uh, See, we I can drop that. the tone. <laughs> we can, yeah. But, but, but I love walking around. Like, I get a weird vibe around the, the British Museum. Um, colonialism. No, it is a weird museum. It is. It's, I, it I, is I weird, love it, yeah. though. I love it. And um, walking around. Yeah. But London London has that everywhere. There's so many places in London. You just, oh, oh did, yeah. Who did I just walk through? You know, oh, who was that person? You know, like, the, mm. the, the, the like especially around, like, well, not especially around. There's loads of places, loads of places you walk around. Go, this is where I'm not in the same. Especially walking around Soho and what have you. Yeah, you know, or maybe that's just the drugs I took. No, 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 uh, I did not take any drugs. I haven't, ta- I've, I haven't done anything. I'm a good boy. Um, I am. Sorry, we'll cut that out. We'll cut that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool time slip. This was in Bold Street in 1996. It's actually the most recent example that we have. Oh, uh, is that the police officer? So a man claimed to, be, to have experienced a time slip on Bold Street in Liverpool, England in 1996. He describes seeing an old-fashioned street scene complete with period clothing and horse-drawn carriages before everything returned to normal. Is that the one you're thinking of? Was he a police officer? It doesn't say. Oh, it doesn't say. Yeah. I don't know if that's I, the same I, one or not. But. My mind's playing tricks because the police officer's ringing a bell with me, but I, I don't know. Mm. don't know. 
Um, it was Liverpool, definitely, yeah, the yeah. one I'm talking about. Well, then I imagine it probably yeah. was this one. Yeah, it doesn't say. There's, again, there's consistencies here, right? Stepping into a street from a different period, everything around you changes, and then immediately coming back out of it. Mm. That That's the consistency. Mm. And I, admittedly, by this time, you could have read, especially by the 90s, you could have read multiple accounts oh, of this. Yeah. Um, but just just the older ones... Well, I mean, the, the the thing is, there's things that can change your perceptions, like ultrasound mm-hmm. and what have you, and that that's that's been used. It's it's been used in some movies, like there's a movie called Irreversible, it's a French movie. It's a horrific film. Do not watch it. Um, but that uses sounds to get you feeling uneasy, uh, uh, and and that can also prompt illusion. Uh, it can also prompt uh, uh, illusions, um, hallucina- hallucinations, and it wow. might be that you just walk past ultrasound or, or microwaves um, and it and it affects your your ability and suddenly you're you're somewhere so it could be it might not be a time slip there could be a, it could have happened if that makes sense mm. um, and uh, especially now like you know dodgy microwave you're traveling in time you know yeah. but uh, as much as I'm making a f- joke of it that the, these things do happen um, and um, and and they are they are documented. You know, like sensory, we were talking about um, one of the reasons for time slips is sensory deprivation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's weird ways that sensory deprivation can happen. So you can be out and about, but you haven't ta- you haven't heard any sound for a while. So your brain starts to fill that in, and then the the brain filling it in, then you start hallucinating things. Mm-hmm. You know, having conversations with yourself. I mean, that's um, that's being documented. That's why it's not good to be lonely. That's why solitary. Mm-hmm confinement um works i don't know what i'm talking about i am a comedian <laughs> but do you know what i mean like i'm, I'm just throwing that yeah. out there because you're both looking at me blankly i'm going have i said the wrong thing not yet oh good it's fine women no <laughs> um, never trust them <laughs> um if you had to travel in time and you had the choice between a delorean and hot tub time machine <laughs> which would you go for Oh, the DeLorean. Ooh, a DeLorean. I, I mean, a hot tub. That's like other people's skin and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, not, unless you just travel in it alone, but that's that's weird. Yeah. A hot tub's a group. Thing. I'd have well, to that, you know, me, me, you know um, as a gay man, Saltburn hot tub might be okay. Um, no, that's disgusting. Don't watch the movie. Um, actually, I love Saltburn. Didn't, didn't get any Oscar nominations? No. I haven't seen it. Scandalous. Is Scandalous. it good? Rosamund really Pike should should have got... Best supporting actor. She is phenomenal. Phenomenal. It? Really? really? Yeah. Phenomenal. I definitely recommend that one. Oh. I loved Salzburn. Yeah. I'm going to watch uh, it. It's no Oppenheimer. Thank God. Is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, a cell phone in 1928. This is actually, this is quite a famous one. This does the rounds on social media quite a lot. Um, oh, right. Uh, in a video circulating online, a woman appears to be holding a device that resembles a modern smartphone in a Charlie Chaplin film from 1928 called The Circus. This has led to speculation about time travel, although skeptics argue that the object may have been a mundane explanation. Have you seen this photo? I yeah. haven't seen that particular one, but I've seen um, a different one where there's a guy in with modern clothing with sunglasses. And an on his yeah, and I've seen that one. But mm. I mean, I, yeah, who knows? I mean, if you did travel time and you were able to travel faster than light, because apparently, according to Einstein, that's what you'd need, mm-hmm. um, or a TARDIS, and I don't have either. Mm. But yet, <laughs> yet, yeah, I know. I'm building it. Basically, <laughs> what you wouldn't be able to take anything with you, would you? You wouldn't, or would you? Well, it, 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 based on your experience, no, because you ended up wearing clothes that weren't yours, right? So yeah, they weren't. They weren't mine. No, yeah. I don't. I don't wear things made of crushed digestive biscuits. That's no. just <laughs> no. wrong. As fashion police, no. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> wear that. A skirt that doesn't allow movement. It doesn't. No. Um. No, I don't like that. No. I, what I want to know is, 
because I've seen this video. Like it's it's it is. This is genuine. I know the clip that you're talking. Yeah, about. this is genuine in the sense that the they've looked at the original version of the film and you can see the woman looking. I mean, it's obviously very grainy. It's 1928. It's black and white. It's not of a of a high quality. But there is a woman who's walking along, looking like she's talking into an object and holding something to her ear. That's that's the video. It's worth checking out on 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 YouTube. Um, what I want to know is who's she on the phone to in 1928? Yeah. Well, how does that work? Yeah. Somebody else in a different time. Yeah. I mean, phones can't do that yet. No. I mean, I've never got a signal. I can't alone this time. No. <laughs> can't get signal in here. <laughs> well, well, one of one of my favorite things about the reboot of the Do- of Doctor Who. Um, sadly, no more. <clears throat> um, is that uh, uh, Billy Piper's Rose? Her her mobile phone, her cell phone. Uh, it was he could phone through time. Yeah, I thought that was such a great thing. Oh, so yeah. like it's, you know, if if that's someone on a cell phone on a mobile phone, phoning through time, you know, that's why not? Do you reckon that's where Doctor Who got the idea from? Well, it was circulating before then because yeah. it's one of those it's one of those things like oh, have you seen this? Um, however, uh, I do have an explanation. Go on. It's a wireless radio. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. They were. Yeah. Like they did oh, exist, you know. Like really? in a, did they? Um, and that's what I think it think it is. Or she was just mental. Yeah. I've said mental twice in this episode. I I just want to say I can say that because I am mental, heavily medicated. I, I am also mental. Yes. So that's. Funny. And it's a love. I, I like. I like it's a being good way mental. To be. Yeah, yeah, yeah like and I'm that. here because this is an elaborate care in the community. <laughs> because you're the scientist doing the experiments. <laughs> That's why they're here. Um, that is a plausible explanation. Um, beca- Hi, beca- am I the cynic today? Yeah, I know. It's it's weird how this is reversed, isn't it? But because she's holding something, like it's it, you can see that, and it's quite blocky. Uh, but that does make sense that it's a yeah. it's a wireless. Although the, I can't see any aerial on it, but. It's so grainy that it'd be difficult to to see that. Okay, well we solved that today. Mm. We're great. Oh, I'm okay. going to check that out. All right. So possible explanations: skeptics argue that time slips are products of misinterpretation, false memories, or psychological factors. The human mind, capable of creating vivid and imaginative narratives, may construct these experiences as a way to make sense of the inexplicable. Cognitive phenomena such as déjà vu, where individuals feel they have experienced a situation before, may contribute to the perception of time slips. Uh. Do we all feel that we've experienced deja vu? Yeah, I think yes. I have. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. do when you do do we believe in deja vu? As in, well, do you feel like you've been there before, or you, or, or you've had a premonition in a dream of something that then happens? Yeah, I've, I've had that. I've had premonition premonitions in dreams, and it's happened. I have done that, but I I Can don't you give know an whether. Example? Um, let me think. It doesn't you don't have to? But um, I'm just trying to think of an example. Um, oh, okay. So David knows about this because I did it in my show about my mum and everything. Your show? Is, what's your show called? Oh, my show is called Salian because it's a take on Alien and, and my name. So because I'm weird and I'm from it's outer space. It's a very space. good name for a show. Yeah, Salian. Yes. Fellows, yeah, yeah, Salian. Yeah, yeah. Oh, do you know what? That was Roland Saunders' idea. That, so give him the credit for that. He's, well done, Roland. <laughs> but basically what happened is I was only about eight and I was in class at school and... Um, just suddenly a huge it was like I was watching a massive cinema screen, movie screen mm. and um, on that screen I could see my mum in a dressing gown collapsed on the staircase of my house, not my house I was eight, I didn't own a, I still don't own a house um, <laughs> what a surprise uh, basically <laughs> she was collapsed on the, um, on the stairs, I could see a slipper, her foot half out of a slipper and some, what I now know are tablets 
on the actual stairs. And I screamed and shouted until they woke my dad, not my dad, who was in a different place then, but my granddad off nights because he was a security guard in Reader's Digest callback. Um, thank you. Um, <laughs> basically, to come and get him to um, pick me up and take me home. And as the front door opened, I could just see through the crack before I was scooped into the front room, could see my mom's leg on the um, on the staircase and she'd taken an overdose. I mean, she was okay, but um, now I can't explain that. I didn't have any idea that she would do that. Um, so yeah, that's that's weird. So that's, that's quite a that's quite the premonition. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's not deja vu, is no, it? But it's a yeah. premonition, I think. Yeah. But so yeah, do you think I could tell like fortunes and tents and stuff with a weird like headscarf? Yeah, because well, comedy doesn't pay. So no, no, well, it doesn't pay me. So <laughs> it doesn't pay any of us. I was going to say, speak for yourself. Yeah, I'm poor. <laughs> I had I had deja vu. This is why I believe. Well, not believe in deja vu. It is an experience. But uh, I, the first time I ever remember having it, I was maybe about six, and my dad asked my mum for to lift over a pair of nail clippers, like tiny nail clippers. And I went, "Oh, this happened before." I said that, and it was, and I like like literally, it was like a snapshot. And I've I've always remembered that. And what did uh, they say? Uh, I mean, like, oh, the ad's deja vu. That was the introduction to it. But it was just like, oh. I've happened before. Now, the the reason for deja vu is meant to be, um, like your brain sort of resets. Yeah. Um, but I've had I've had loads loads of weird things. I know when something's going to happen and stuff. Mm. Now you can process information and figure out well this outcome is going to happen if the X Y and Z happens or Z for our American audiences, and um, uh, so you can process that. But I've 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 definitely walked into situations and knew what was going to happen, and mm. um, and I'm I'm not that astute. I'm a very confused person. No, you know? I think you are astute. I think yeah. you don't realise how astute you yeah, are. Yeah, it's all bouncing around them. in your brain. It's your dreams that make sense of it. Yeah. yeah. It's real life that's the, the hard oh, part. Oh, yeah, I yeah. can't. Yeah. <laughs> totally. You know, no matter what I do, I'm like, oh, I'm here, like confused. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it, it's definitely weird things like that have happened where I know when someone's going to say something. You know, like I, I'm, I'm a, right, it's not, it doesn't so happen so much now with, with, with mobile phones, cell phones, but definitely um, when I had a landline, I always knew what was going to ring. Mm. Always. Like, Always, oh, it's oh, gonna ring. Yeah, and, that's and I, weird. And I, I did it with housemates. Of my, I first moved to London. I lived, I lived at. Uh, I mean, in fairness, with early home computers, we all know when the phone was about to ring. Oh yeah, because they. <laughs> yeah, the other, but I was like, oh, that. Right. Yeah. I would go. The phone's mm-hmm. gonna ring, and maybe I, maybe I was hearing something, but my hearing's not particularly good. Yeah. Um, because I'm from Northern Ireland, and I was in a bomb blast when I was very young. So, uh, wow. like, yeah, <laughs> like seriously, but like, I would always say, oh, the phone's gonna ring, and and uh, my housemate go, what are you talking about? And then it would ring. Oh, would be, that is yeah. pretty. That's quite spooky. Yeah, it, but I don't, I'm, 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 it wasn't just me. Or I'm half remembered. That was like all the time. Mm. Yeah. Theatrical frameworks. While time slips are generally regarded as uh, pseudo scientific, they align with some speculative theories within the realm of physics. Concepts like wormholes and Einstein Rosen bridges, though theoretical and unproven, are often invoked in discussions about potential pathways for time travel. However, it is essential to differentiate between scientific theories and the anecdotal nature of time slip accounts. 
The enigma of time slips persists in as an intriguing aspect of the human experience, blending elements of mystery, imagination, and a yearning to transcend the boundaries of temporal existence. Whether dismissed as products of perception or embraced as glimpses into the extraordinary, time slips remain firmly within the realm of anecdote and speculation. As we continue to explore the frontiers of science and consciousness, uh, the allure of time slips will likely endure, inviting contemplation on the nature of time and the boundaries of our understanding. And that is true, isn't it? Like... Mm despite the fact that we have incredible technology that we didn't have a hundred years ago, like the Versailles incident, these don't stop coming, right? Mm. Still, people still report. Well, that's why CERN exists. I blame CERN for all this. Oh, so. in Switzerland, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's, that's, that's time travel. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, Sally Ann, would you like to look into this camera and tell people where they can find you, what you're doing, everything you'd like to promote? Um, wow. Okay. Um, my next gigs are all on S- at Sally Ann Comedy, Noe on the Ann, um, on Instagram. So I have a show called Salian, as I've already bored you about. And you've but, seen um, Salian, haven't you? Yeah, Salian's great. I've I've seen uh, four work in progress of of, of it. Yeah, it and keeps it's always, changing. Yeah, it's always exciting. It's always you're just a great comedian, Sally Ann. Thank you know, you. you're so funny, and your your point of view is so unique and. I love seeing you. Go and see Go and see Sally Ann. And go and see these guys as well because they're great and they're funny. Would you like a time travel joke to end the podcast? Yes, I would. Okay. (laughs) I bumped into a very good friend who's a fellow member of of my time traveling club. We go back years. Oh, very good. (laughs) That's the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Please like and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The more lovely subscribers we get, the more episodes we'll make. And follow us on Instagram and TikTok for regular updates and exclusive videos at Believe Conspiracy Pod. We love you. Bye.